think I'm Jason Latour. This is Robbie Rodriguez. This is Rico Renzi, and you are listening to Ultimate Spin. Gwen Stacy. I went to a science demonstration, got bitten by a radioactive spider, and now have these amazing powers. To the residents of New York, I'm the dangerous vigilante called Spider Woman. But you know me. You know us as Gwenum. Let's find out what we've been up to. It's time for the ultimate spin. Hey there, true believers. This is Ultimate Spin. My name is Brian, and welcome to the Spider-Man fan podcast that follows the ongoing adventures of Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen. Coming up in this episode, my co-host Jack and I welcome Superior Spider Talk's Jale Najafali back to the show to get closer to the heart of the Gwenum arc as our modern-day warrior takes a mean, mean stride in Spider-Gwen number 27. My name is Jack, and if you're new to our podcast, or even if you're not, you're invited to visit us at ultimatespinpodcast.com. You can find all of the show notes and follow along with everything we'll be discussing in this episode. Plus, you can download and stream the shows for pretty much every Gwen and Miles issue to date. And if you're interested in going behind the scenes, you can check out our exclusive interviews with the writers and artists who bring these characters to life. Clearly, you enjoy these books as much as we do. Otherwise, why else would you be listening to this podcast? Drop us a line at feedback at ultimatespinpodcast.com. And tell us what you think of the stories, the art, the characters, you name it. The whole point of this show is to connect with our fellow fans, and we'd love to share the limelight with you. We're back. We're going to be talking about Spider-Gwen number 27. It's been a while since we've uh, kind of got together with Jolly, and, and I feel like we're in for a good one. Do you guys agree? It's an interesting issue. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. I think so. Jolly, uh, how are you feeling about this arc so far? I've been liking it. I think it's been keeping up a pretty good pace, and it's really different than any other Spider-Gwen story we've gotten before. Yeah, definitely pushing this out into into new and interesting and, as always, unpredictable territory. But yeah, let's let's get into it. If it's been a while since you've read the issue, I won't go page by page, but I'll give you a, a rough little summary of Spider-Gwen number 27. We open with Foggy Nelson feeling quite guilty about George and visiting him and kind of confessing to him on a hospital bed. We transition directly from Foggy's dilemma to the downfall of another member of law enforcement, Officer Richie Rogers. With debts and addictions building up around him, Richie turns to crime and thanks to his badge, he thinks himself untouchable. Much like Foggy, the guilt starts to take over Officer Rogers' life as well as some ominous black spiders begin to infiltrate his mind and his every move. Gwenham catches him in her web and strings him upside down. They're quickly interrupted by a repulsor glove wielding Frank Castle. Castle isn't here to fight Gwen. He's actually there to ask to team up with her against Murdoch. She doesn't react too well to the idea and leaves her with some time to think and a way to contact him. Unfortunately for Officer Rogers, he turns to Foggy Nelson for help and is quickly betrayed and then skewered by ninjas in a phone booth. In the closing scene, Ben Parker is on the lookout for missing Gwen when she appears out of nowhere to ask for his help. So, as you can probably tell from that recap, quite a lot happens. There's quite a few different scenes. It's quite fast-paced, as we've kind of come to expect from Spider-Gwen. And I think maybe the first thing we should be we should be talking about is no Robbie Rodriguez in this issue, which is a thing we've dealt with in this series before. We've had Chris Visions come on. We've had a few other guest stars as well. Hannah Blumenreich being another one. And, uh, yeah, what did you guys think of 
the kind of transition to two different artists joining us in this issue? I thought the two artists worked really well together. I couldn't really tell that it was even two different artists doing the work. I felt the exact same way. Yeah, I didn't even notice that until I went back and read the credits. I was like, oh, right, interesting. You can definitely tell it's not Robbie's artwork because his artwork has this kind of like kinetic, all over the place kind of quality to it. Whereas this art, I think, is much more calm. But I still enjoyed it. These are first time guest artists for this series or for the main series. I mean, they both shown up in the annual uh, a while back, but yeah, it felt pretty seamless, I think, to to have two artists and the transition between them worked really well. I think this just speaks to a phenomenal effort on the on the part of Team Spider-Gwen. Real life happened and Robbie wasn't able to do this, so Veronica Fish and Olivia Margraf stepped in at the last moment, pretty much, and I thought they did a really good job. I mean, Jackie mentioned Chris Visions, and we've had other artists too, uh, Bengal being one. And on the show, anyway, we welcome the kind of new styles, even though they might seem jarring at first to, to switch back and forth like that. You know, it's still cool to see them do their own thing. This issue felt very much like they, like the spirit of Robbie was there. I, I know, Shali, you mentioned it. it wasn't quite identical to his style, but I think his spirit came through uh, in a big way with like the sound effects and some of the uh, sort of angular sharp lines on the faces. The continuity was there. It worked really well. And I, th- I think that's a big part due to Rico Renzi and his coloring work, because as is often the case, he has been the through line for much of the guest artist and linking that with Robbie's work and everything like that as well. The greens and sickly colors you get when Richie Rogers is not feeling too well. Yes. And then going over to dark blues and purples when Castle shows up and explosions and, and the sound effects you mentioned as well, Brian. Yeah. Rico Renzi does amazing work throughout this issue. I thought it was a nice touch. I mean, you mentioned uh, <laughs> kind of attack on Richie. I I don't know if it was a deliberate homage and if it was just me, but that reminded me of Craven's Last Hunt with the, all the mm. spiders kind of descending and like piling up on him. It was a very unsettling scene. He he is definitely the the anchor, the linchpin for this series. Two references I definitely picked up on that were more kind of movie book references. Uh, maybe not the same kind of target audience as Spider-Gwen, but the Philip K. Dick novel turned film a scanner darkly with the a person going crazy and getting covered in bugs kind of vibe to it. Yeah. And and then kind of a, a police officer's descent into debauchery and madness uh, is Irvin Welsh's book Filth, which has recently turned into a movie with James McAvoy as well. For the record, maybe the least family-friendly movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh, God. So <laughs> it's a very kind of classic someone abusing their power in law enforcement to get away with illegal deeds and things like that. And, and filth takes that to the, you know, 11th level, take cranks it all the way up to 11. And uh, I thought there was kind of hints of that with officer Rogers and what he was kind of going through in this issue. But while we're talking about the art, there are other standout moments for you, Jolly. The scene that really grabbed me to begin with was that first panel where we see Gwenum when she's just sitting there looking at Richie because it, it does have this, like I said before, this really calm quality to it. And it makes it seem like Gwen is so secure in her choice to go after this guy. Like, she has no qualms about it. She is 100% in on going after Richie. And that confidence definitely comes through. There's another panel that stats me when, um, and I think this is where we switch artists to, uh, Olivia Margraf, when Frank arrives and there's that great, zoom in on her eyes, mm-hmm. realizes it's him and gives him that look like, 
kind of raising the eyebrow or if she had one, you know, just kind of squinting at him. I don't really remember like the Gwenum aspect having so much expression and emotion like that. So that was kind of, that stood out to me in this moment. And maybe I'm misremembering it, but I, I love that. Yeah, I think it's hard for any artist to try and get that emotion when they have the mask on, especially for the, you know, spider masks, because all you have are those little eyes and that's what you got to work with. Right. But I think they did a, they did a good job. And she even uh, bared her teeth, I think, for the first time here. I may have missed that. Or I probably saw it, but I totally forgot about it. She basically throws a tantrum, like for lack of a better word, when Castle makes her the offer. And there's this great panel where I I think there's like five Gwenums just kind of throwing a barrel around or something like that, just smashing stuff. It's got the pathoom, pathoom, pathoom. And she's like, like that she's trapped in this position. And he leaves her with, "Ah, I see you need some time to think. Well, I thought that was pretty surprising. I mean- because this Punisher is so different than the one that we have in um, the 616 mm-hmm. that it doesn't seem like he would ever really. I mean, he did kind of help Gwen a little bit in that first Gwenum issue, kind of, I guess, because <laughs> he didn't really go after her. But I just can't mm-hmm. imagine him compromising and like wanting to work with her badly enough to take out Matt Murdock. It seems like it's kind of like a lesser of two evils thing for him, but I just didn't foresee him going in that direction when we first saw Frank Castle. For me, I, I read it as more, that's more about Murdoch and how powerful he's become that he's inspiring all these characters that are below him to work together. So it's, yeah, it is a lesser of two evils, but like he really hates that guy, you know, and he's yeah. figuring out that Gwen has every reason to as well. And that's why she'd make the perfect ally or, or, or asset. One more thing on the art too, like what did, is it just me or did like the Gwenum figure like take on a different sort of shape under these artists? No, I think so. I think like if when you look at that last panel too, the final panel where Gwen um, lifts up her mask kind of and things like that, mm-hmm. it sort of has a different feel to it than when Robbie was drawing Gwenum. Yeah. It's much more of that fluid kind of Gwenum or Venom sort of style that we uh, – see a lot of times when spider-man or eddie brock has um venom right i think at least what about you i think so too i i was referring more to like the confrontation with with frank and and kind of holding richie hostage a little bit like she it seems like she's getting more muscular oh she's generally not drawn that way you know it's kind Mm -hmm. of a, a sleeker look for her so it's just more like it was an interesting choice it worked but it was just like this kind of rising anger and that's like coming through and like physically like the muscles like kind yeah. of building up. You mentioned Eddie Brock, like that kind of 90s, like overbulked, you know, like it's yeah. it's definitely like moving in that direction. Yeah, you're right. Because there is that panel where you see, I think it's just from her torso up or maybe a little bit lower than that up and mm-hmm. her, her chest and like arms do look bulkier. It's a very interesting take. I, I do like it. As for the story itself, like, what did you think of actually like kind of switching focus for a little bit and bringing in Richie Rogers as focus of this story? I was kind of torn. I think it's it was interesting and it had that really creepy sort of slow build up feel that is nice. But also so much happens toward the end of the book that I feel like there's such little plot progression at that beginning where we could have seen more threads to what we end up seeing with Ben and what we see, you know, the Punisher do and things like that. That was a crazy cliffhanger too, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't occur to me 
like the first time I, I read through this, but that is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the second kind of civilian she's revealed herself to? Maybe not counting Reed Richards. Right. And then just implying it with May. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, not not too many civilians. And Ben is a an interesting choice. Yeah, it's a great choice because the, because there's even the flashback panel where from the very beginning of the story where Gwen reveals herself to her dad and look mm-hmm. what happened to her dad. And that's where the story, this chapter kind of opens up. I thought there was kind of a cool symmetry happening where Gwenum now, you know, as, as angry as she can possibly be and needs an ally on that level, that's kind of like the dark counterpoint and that she went to Ben, you know, after she saw him kind of lose his cool and throw a punch into a brick wall like that, that is a very dark turn they're setting up for. I love that they, you know, kept Ben alive in this universe because, you know, you see all these what if, what ifs with Uncle Ben, but to see him lose it like that and go after this guy and sort of be struggling with the same things Gwen struggling with maybe on a smaller scale, it's great characterization for him. And that's kind of why I wish we'd spent maybe a little bit less time on Richie and seeing all the spiders crawl up and down his body. Yeah. But there's, I mean, there's that idea too, right? This bad things happening to really good people who don't deserve mm-hmm. it. And that's, that's kind of this very tough, but I think worthwhile theme that's been making itself more and more known. That's what's drawing these two together at the end and wanting to push back. Right. Because it's not just bad things happening to good people. It's good things happening to bad people. Right, right. Which is, a, you know, a frustration everybody is is familiar with and certainly getting a lot of that. Uh, and it seems like uh, this year alone, I, I can't see where this is going. And that's that's not a bad thing. That's, you know, I, I'm enjoying that. But uh, I'm, I'm seeing that just has me invested all the more because I can I can identify with that feeling. And I know you guys have spoken about like, is this all leading up to maybe the end of spider Gwen in a, you know, a few months from now. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see like the fight with Matt Murdoch. I don't know what you could do after that because he's been such an integral part of her, you know, story so far that if they do defeat Matt, any other villain after that is going to seem so unless they come up with something really good, it's going to seem really not disappointing, but hard to live up to Matt Murdock's level of evil. Yeah, it is how much more it can't get more personal, can it? Mm-hmm. The flow of this arc has been interesting because in the last issue, and we get some flashbacks here, Gwen had that conversation with Cindy Moon and seemed to have come to some sort of resolve about how she wants to approach her situation and how she wants to deal or maybe not deal with Matt. And then Frank shows up and things kind of spin around again. I'm just stepping back and trying to see like, what do you guys feel like? Is Gwen like like a proactive character or a reactive one? And I just feel like going between Cindy and between Frank, she's kind of ping-ponging a little bit. Gwen before was a lot more reactive and it seems like, I don't know, we're kind of expecting Spider-Gwen to then transform into a more proactive version when she gets inhabited by the, the symbiote. But she still kind of feels reactive. You're right. Like it's it's Castle that's pushing the team up. It's it's him kind of pushing the war against Murdoch. Whereas it feels like she's kind of I don't know picking off the small fish, like going after Richie Rogers of all people. Like who who cares? Like well, she does because she could... that's that's who opened the jail uh, cell for the rhino, right? Yeah, yeah. I was kind of expecting her to 
not necessarily team up with Frank straight away, but I, I like the idea of where like Frank's head is at of the time is now, you're more powerful than ever, let's do this kind of thing. She wants to go after all these people that have wronged her. And yeah, maybe in some abstract ways and when she's really angry, she thinks about going after Matt. But she never really, you know, getting in with the Punisher, I mean, she's really committing to taking down Matt Murdock. Whereas I feel like before it's all been kind of like talk, like almost she's almost afraid to really go after him as opposed to people that work for him or people that have, you know, carried out orders made by him. I have to call this out for Matt. This might be oddly enough, one of my favorite appearances from him as a character. I think he's only in (laughs) two panels of this entire issue. He doesn't say a word. He just eats an apple. And it's completely terrifying and and hilarious at the same time. (laughs) Set against that incredibly gruesome end for Richie. Brunch. It's it's weirdly kind of clinical as well, because obviously this is, you know, aimed at a younger audience. Yeah. You would expect blood and stuff pouring everywhere as it skewers his arm and his chest and his shoulder. And it's just absolutely brutal. But it's almost scarier that that there is no blood. It's just this like ninja super clean cut of just like it shows the coldness and the emotionless of Matt of just like shing shing done that's it that's all you need like it it's over and done so quickly but it's still so kind of horrifying at the same time and of course the spiders and the bugs never actually leave him he's still kind of surrounded by them even in that his final moments in the phone booth that was such a sly but unsettling touch i love that i'm glad you pointed that out and i thought this these are margraph pages this uh this sequence the punisher fight and richie's fate or or olivia margraph i thought she did a pretty admirable job with the sound effects emulating robbie's style the letters are pretty you know they're not as stylized as robbie would do it but the positioning is is pretty fun (laughs) especially with matt and the apple at the end i i did laugh out loud when i saw that (laughs) right it makes you wonder if you even want to see matt get taken down now we have we have Matt versus Gwen, and then my my second favorite battle was uh, Ben Parker versus his phone. <laughs> so, what do we think is next for Gwen asking Ben for help? Do you think? I mean, Brian, you kind of hinted at it earlier of George's fate was kind of sealed when Gwen kind of opened up to him. So, do you think this could spell some bad news for Ben Parker coming up, or do you think this was going to go a different direction? Do you think he can be a useful and helpful person in the in the battle against Matt Murdoch. When do you guys think this is going? There's so much to unpack, I think, for Ben and Peter and Gwen and all of that. But yeah, as as you say it now, I'm dreading that, you know, something bad will happen to him and then what that is going to mean for Gwen and May. Yeah, I don't think Ben is going to be left standing at the end of this. Oh dear. Mm. So you've been in a hospital bed next to George, do you think? Just mm, I don't know. Oh God. Well you yeah, you wonder how much how much help can Ben be against someone like Matt Murdock? Like, yeah, he has the heart behind it maybe, but he's been really angry for a really long time. And if, you know, you could tell anything by that fight that he had with that guy toward the end of the issue is that he's not always thinking clearly, which could get him into a lot of trouble. But I I wonder if Ben's involvement is more helping Gwen fight off the symbiote possibly it might be more him helping her in her personal battle rather than her actual physical battle with matt murdoch because the fact that she kind of comes out of the comes out of the suit there and 
reveals her face. That's literally her opening up, but I wonder if that's going to be more of fighting off the Gwenum itself and getting getting rid of the symbiote. Will Ben play a big part in that? I would think that it would have to be kind of a a family member to help her reject the power and help her understand and come to come to terms with what she's done and anger and pain and stuff that that's not justice that's not the same thing or the return of george might help her as well i don't know um i i can't really see him being like you said jelly very much of a help in the in the fight against a literal like crime kingpin although he punched the wall injured his hand he's open to infection benham hey <laughs> da, 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 da. thanks brian <laughs> Uncle Benham. Hey, I'm sure somebody would buy it. All right. <laughs> just That's my wild card. That's the really wild card theory. Can I change my three words to, <laughs> I want Benham. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and Jolly, since you're our guest this week, why don't you kick us off with your three-word review slash summary of Spider-Gwen number 27. <laughs> Mine was more of a plea than a summary. So <laughs> my plea would be, don't hurt Matt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know he's the bad guy, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's such a good bad guy. Like, I want a whole spin-off with Matt. Okay, yeah, I'm on Pre- board for prequel that. Prequel series about how Matt got Ooh. to where he was. Oh, Matt Ooh, in the yeah, hand. Okay. Yes, very good. Kingpin 65. Just like, I could see that. I could see that happening. <laughs> Brian, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Fantastic Team Effort. Not so much as uh, Frank and Gwen or, or even Gwen and, and Ben, but I, I think just really – well, that I mean, that's part of it. But definitely the behind the scenes, I think what the creative team did to pull this uh, issue together and have it turn out the way it did was was really remarkable. I'm going to go down a kind of more – end it on a down note, shall we say, and just say, poor Richie Rogers. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a great guy, but – you know, he went out in a brutal, unpleasant way. And maybe he deserved it, maybe not. But yeah, it, w- it was definitely a, a dark kind of noir tale that I was not quite expecting in Gwen. So I do feel sorry for the guy. Well, listeners, that is what we thought of this issue, but we would love to hear from you. We know you're listening. You guys are so shy. You can you can speak up. Drop us a line. Feedback at ultimatespinpodcast.com or connect with us on Twitter at The Ultimate Spin. We're over on Facebook at Ultimate Spin Podcast. And Instagram, that ultimate underscore spin underscore podcast. Our hashtags are Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man. If you want to track down older episodes and read along with other issues, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Just search for Ultimate Spin. Jale, it has been such a pleasure to have the fabulous Famished Foodie back with us. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for coming to hang out. And if our listeners want to follow along with your adventures outside of this podcast, where can we find you? Yeah, on um, Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at PB underscore and underscore Jale. And then um, Superior Sparta Talk has changed its format a little bit. But if you want to read some of my old reviews or um, spy diversity articles, you can catch those at superiorspidertalk.com. Excellent. How about you, Jack? I'm JLW Chambers on pretty much everything. And I host a few other podcasts and things like that. My movie podcast is called Sequelizers. And we're also about to wrap up my long-term running comic book podcast, Into Comics Podcast. Our what? final final episode will be what? coming out shortly <laughs> after this episode so 
There you go. Wow. Five years in the making. Goodness. We will be we'll be putting a cap on that show. And it's uh yeah. Long long run of nearly two hundred and something episodes, I think. Good grief. Congratulations and sorry to hear attending, but uh, that's that's a pretty remarkable run. Um, I'm on like a hundred different other shows as well, so don't worry about that. And uh funnily enough, possibly relevant to listeners' interests, I will be appearing once again on Kyle's wrestling show, Booking on the Fly. We will be doing a summary of 2017 in wrestling and doing kind of best of 2017-style show. So uh, that will be coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. Nice. Before the end of the year. Brian, how about you? All of my social media, all that kind of stuff, you can find it at project37.net. And, of course, coming up, Spider-Man 2, Issue 5, the finale at last. Peter and Miles are faced with their toughest challenge yet. If you thought the end of the first Spider-Man series was huge, brace yourself for this one, because it's going to be disappointing. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little editorial by me at the end there. Just, just <laughs> so the bar is set. And then in Spider-Man number 236, the bombshells are back together. Lana has been through so much and has grown into a hero, but with her mom back in the equation, things look bad for her. Guess who they look even worse for? Ben Parker. Mm, the lizard. Wrong! Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Oh, ding, 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 ding. And then lastly, we have Spider-Gwen number 28, which is Gwenum part four. Every road in Earth-65 leads to Matt Murdock. Gwen takes the fight to the man who's orchestrated so many of her problems, and hopefully she doesn't succeed. <laughs> but that was my side as well. And at the end of the day, we're all fans, and even if we don't love every issue, our thanks as always go to the creators for their hard work in making these books happen. And thanks to you for spending part of your day hanging out with us to read and talk about it all. Here's to a brighter new year for all of us, and we'll catch you soon on The Ultimate Spin. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. We'll return to our program shortly. We're back. We're going to be talking about spouts by the fucking hell. There we go. Off to a good start. It's not technology, it's my mouth. We transition directly from Foggy's Dilemma to the downfall of a number of... Uh, as some ominous black spiders begin to infiltrate his every month. Jesus Christ. Before Richie has time to work out what's going on, Gwenham catches her and her wet cat. Oh, for God's sake. Unfortunately for Officer Rogers. For God's sake. Unfortunately for Officer Roberts. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, guys. That might be the worst recap I've ever done. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> the magic of the editing booth. <laughs> that sort of bright yellow was a really... At first, it seemed like an odd and image. By the way. What's that? Just giving you guys a warning. Sound like my family members are here. So oh, okay. Hi, everyone. They disappear in a sec. <laughs> I'm going to dash away for a couple of minutes and come back. So. Okay. So you, you guys carry on and I'll, I'll jump back in. On going after Richie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, that's fun. Are you getting that buzz too? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hold on, my phones. My uh, <laughs> no phones are. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Oh. Can you hear it or no? And another another thing, um, I was trying to. Oh. Jack, is that you? Uh, that's me coming back. Yep. Yeah, my mic's doing the weird buzz thing again. Hold on. Uh, 
Sorry. I, I will edit this out for you, Brian. Oh, no problem. <laughs> there's, just, there's just like five minutes of hum since I've left. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, um, sorry, what are you guys talking about? Uh, well, we, we went through a lot of the art. I don't know if there's stuff you want to comment on about the art. Um, no, no, not particularly. I'm, <laughs> I'm... This is going to be the best podcast you guys have ever done. Oh, I my know, God. Right? <laughs> I've seen anything like, cool. oh, this edit is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh.